TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Time now for the nightcap. Who are you talking to right now? Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. On WGR Sports Radio 550. It's the best TV show ever right there. What's up? It's the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here. I'm sitting in the studio. Kyle Powell is here as the producer. Howdy. Niagara basketball in roughly 20 minutes. Pat Malacaro will take over against Stephen F. Austin tonight. So stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up here on WGR. A couple things I want to get to in a very brief nightcap tonight. I'm getting used to these brief nightcaps. We had a half hour on Monday. I got really fired up about Josh Allen and then I had to stop. But it's okay because that was actually maybe the best Monday Night Football game in a really long time uh, between the Seahawks and 49ers. Tonight, we're going to get you to some college basketball. So, um, you know, I really don't I, – I'm not really feeling the uh, the Josh Allen discussion right now. I went really deep into it yesterday, and I just feel like I'm going to get really fired up if I go 20 minutes about it and then have to stop. So I got Kyle here. I want to take advantage of that. Kyle's probably the biggest baseball guy we have here at the station, and he knows probably a thousand times more about it than I do. And I'm very interested in this Astros cheating scandal that's going on right now. The video that was tweeted out by somebody yesterday that was alarming that basically backs up the uh, the report that the Athletic had yesterday, where you can just you can so vividly hear the the pounding the Astros are making to signify that it's a changeup coming or a type of pitch coming, and. By the way, the MLB awards are going on right now. Speaking of Houston, Justin Verlander wins the AL uh, the Cy Young Award over his teammate Garrett Cole, which I know, Kyle, you were really shocked. By. A little bit shocked. Yeah. Isn't you that couldn't strange go wrong too? either way. Isn't that strange to have two guys in the same team like up there like that it's, in the running? It's not unprecedented. It was going to be one of them. We, I've, I had this discussion with a couple of, with a couple of friends a couple of days ago. We were doing a little bit of a, a preview of the awards week in Major League Baseball. It was going to be Verlander or Cole. We all, we all figured and assumed that Cole had the edge to go from May 24th to Game 5 of the World Series, Game 6. I'm, it's actually escaping me right. now which one he lost. But no, no L's from May to October all along the way, 326 strikeouts, 20 wins. It seemed like one of the two were going to take it. Mm-hmm. Odds on favorite was Cole. Again, you couldn't go wrong either way. It just you just feel bad for the third guy. It could be Charlie Morton, as it turned out to be. It could have been Shane Bieber from Cleveland. It was going to be essentially a toss in. Yeah, but okay. to save to see Verlander get it is deserving. But I, wow, yeah. Uh, Cole, by the way, was a minus one forty favorite to win it. And usually, favorites in awards like this usually do end up winning. So it's interesting with Verlander dead. Um, the more interesting thing that's going on with the Astros right now to me is this electronic stealing sign story that's going on right now and 
you know me, like I'm not usually going to lead off a show talking about baseball, but this is like, it, it sounds like this is like a major storyline and that there could be some real significant uh, punishment coming for the Houston Astros. I don't know what you think about it, but to me, I'm thinking this has to come with some severe punishment. Like th- this is this is blatant cheating, is it not? It is. It's a misuse of technology. You know how easy it can be to take advantage of all the luxuries we have at our fingertips right. these days. It's not a good look. And when there's video evidence and whatnot, people are calling. People go off the rails when they see something like this. When it comes, especially with a team that has as has had as much, as much success as the Astros had has had in the last five years or so. Mm-hmm. It definitely tarnishes what we thought was a dynasty because then you start to second-guess everything they've worked towards. You know, you have this immense teardown in the early 2010s to build back up for a team right. like this. And you already had all the talent you could ever yearn for on a 25-man roster. You wonder, again, why <laughs> why you had to, had to come to that. And then, yeah, you see, you see all these people come out. Uh, John Boy on Twitter was the, was the guy who posted the video with the garbage cans. You got pitchers speaking out from that team. Mike Fires, who was part of that championship team, spoke out and talked about how they were stealing signs with cameras in the outfield, relaying, yep. and yeah. It, it, they were already in hot water enough with their assistant general manager getting canned last month. Right. Yeah. And now this, to scoff at it the way their manager, A.J. Hinch, has that's as like well. That, doesn't that seem like that's the react, their immediate reaction to everything? Arrogance. Arrogance, right. They... <sighs> And like I get it to some extent, but no, like come on, like you gotta, you gotta earn, you gotta, you gotta know what also just happened, like you said with the assistant GM thing, and then to have the same exact reaction to this type of story, I think is really interesting. So Houston Astros, we'll see what ends up happening with them. They do have the Cy Young winner, Justin Verlander wins that. I did say I don't want to get too much into the Josh Allen thing uh, since we only have a little bit of time here, just over ten minutes left. One story that did just come out in football though that I do want to touch on. I wanted to talk more about it last night, but we got consumed by the by the Allen discussion that we didn't get there. Um, Colin Kaepernick in this workout that he's having on Saturday. Adam Schefter just reported about 15 minutes ago, quote, well, this is a quote. This is a tweet from Adam Schefter. Several executives with teams have reached out as a courtesy to Colin Kaepernick representatives saying they could not attend Saturday's workout, which Kaepernick is having, and were confused by the purpose of the NFL scheduling this workout. Now, here a couple things that I'm, I'm reading into that. First of all, some teams will be there. There's already a report out there that New England is one team that is going to be at this thing. Now, several teams will not, according to Schefter. What does that mean? I mean, do, do these teams not have a gazillion employees? You can't send somebody, like a representative. You don't have to send the general manager. You don't have to send the head coach. You don't have to send really anybody that's all that important. But... To me, when you don't send anybody, you're not doing everything you can to win. That's what these teams like to talk about a lot. Do everything that you can to win. Here's a guy that, yes, there would be some risk involved, of course. Just even on the field, I'm talking. He hasn't played since 2016. He hasn't. But what should the standard be for a backup quarterback in football? You have guys like Matt Castle went years without throwing a pass and continued to be a backup in football. Josh Johnson has been bouncing around the NFL for a decade, and he's had, what, three starts? And there was five years in between those starts? 
Guys get jobs all the time in the league without playing. That's the nature of being a backup quarterback in football. A lot of times, you are going to be on a roster, and you're not going to play. That's a backup quarterback. And Kaepernick, by the way, his last season, he was actually pretty good. His team was terrible, but he threw 16 touchdowns. He only threw four interceptions. He had a couple more rushing touchdowns. You know he's going to get his rushing yards. And he was an adequate starter. And obviously, this isn't breaking any news, obviously the reason he has not played football is not for on-the-field reasons. But now you have the NFL setting this thing up. And my initial reaction was, all right, why is this happening? Why, why now? Because for a couple of years now, the NFL has wanted to get as far away from this thing as they can. They wanted to be, to be done with it. That lawsuit gets settled. Like They just wanted it to be over. And this is them kind of broaching the subject, it sounds like. This is them doing it. And I remember when they got into this social, uh, j- this social thing with, um, with Jay-Z that the NFL was going to push for more social reform uh, via Jay-Z and this whole this whole thing that they were doing. And Jay-Z got asked a lot of questions about Kaepernick, and he kind of avoided them. Like, that was not really part of the deal. And I'm wondering if that had anything to do with it. Like, if, honestly, if honestly, I'm wondering if Jay-Z had anything to do with this. But here's a workout for Kaepernick on Saturday. The NFL is inviting teams to go to. You have a couple of players around the league right now. Kenny Stills, for one, in Houston, wide receiver. Eric Reed, safety in Carolina right now. Two players that have that also protested uh, police uh, violence in the NFL that have spoken out and said they think this is a PR stunt. And I wonder that too. But I maybe I'm giving the NFL too much credit. But I think I want to believe that there's more to it than that because I don't know why you schedule it in the first place. Did they need the PR stunt? This thing is with Kaepernick's like pretty much over. Like when's the last time anybody's even talked about him? Like to extensive uh to to a lot. Like how how often have people talked about him? So I think that it's going to be interesting. I wonder if a team signs him. I really do. I wonder if a team is going to stay to their Stay true to their word. Every team in the league will say that they will do anything they can to get better. And here's an opportunity. A guy that immediately, to me, would be the best backup quarterback in football. Immediately. And when you look around the league this season, and you look at, maybe this is part of the reasons happening. I'm wondering if some teams maybe even requested it. It's very confusing, this whole thing, to me. What the motivation is behind it. Because it didn't come from Kaepernick. It came from the league. And they're the ones inviting teams. I wonder if any number of teams maybe suggested that this could be something that the league should do. As a lot of starting quarterbacks have been injured this season. Look at the amount of backup quarterbacks that we have had. You've got Jeff Driscoll throwing passes for for, uh, Detroit last week. Brandon Allen, a guy I had never heard of until two weeks ago. He wins a game two weeks ago in the NFL starting. Gardner Minshew, a six-round pick. It's an opportunity to play in Jacksonville. Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh. Brian Hoyer's back playing football in Indianapolis. Hell, Mahomes got hurt. Matt Moore. When's the last time Matt Moore threw a pass before he had to go in for Kansas City? It actually didn't look too bad, by the way. Let's go back to the Dolphin days. Would that be his last pass? Matt Moore, when he he played that playoff game, Tannehill gets hurt. I would guess that that was the last time Matt Moore played uh, played football. I'm going to look real quick here. He last threw a pass before this year in Kansas City. Yeah, 2017. 
and he played two games. And before that, he played three games. So how much do we want to talk about how long it's been for him? Maybe that's what teams want to see. Maybe that's the purpose of this whole thing. Maybe there are teams that are interested, but they want to get a look at him. I wonder who it'll be, but this is the first step towards thinking he could even be back in the league in a long time. And for me, that's been a long time coming because this guy is an NFL player. He is good enough to be in the NFL. That should be all that matters. And this report by Schefter, teams have reached out as a courtesy to Kaepernick representatives saying that they could not attend Saturday's workout and confused by the purpose of the NFL scheduling this workout. Okay, I'll, I'll join the party and then I'm confused. But I'm also confused in how you can't send one measly employee from your team. I mean, anybody. Just to say you were there. Because it's, it seems like it's too easy for that. Which makes me think you want people to know you weren't there. Like, that's a statement. And now the teams are getting political again. So... At the end of the day, what is it really about? Is it about you wanting to have the best player possible at that spot? Because if so, the guy should have had a job three years ago. So, yeah. There's that. I don't want the Bills to sign or anything. I think we're fine at quarterback. At least with the current setup. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really super high on Josh Allen right now. Um, I think he's kind of been stuck in neutral all season, but I'm not advocating they go out and sign somebody or go out and draft somebody just yet. After the season, you may hear a different tone out of me, but as it stands today, um, that's kind of where I'm at. By the way, a quick update while uh, I just mentioned Allen there for a second. On the poll that I did yesterday that uh, a lot of people were uh, were reaching out and letting, my, letting your opinion known, Josh Allen's at 20 starts. How many before you think you know what he is? You can still vote in it, by the way. It's 48 minutes left. 43% say between 28 and 35. That's the leader. So most Bills fans, well, at least the majority in this poll, um, say that they want to, they'll, they'll know what Josh Allen is somewhere in the first half of next season. I'm not in that group. I would tell you 27 is my number. That's the end of this season. But, um... Yeah, if you want to still vote in that, that's available at Sneaky Joe WGR. And one other thing I want to touch on before I get out of here. We did a good job. We got like four subjects in in a 20-minute span. The Carolina Hurricanes, who actually tweeted at me today. You know, the Sabres play them tomorrow, and it's kind of a coincidence, I guess, because today they did a, what I thought was a really cool thing on Twitter. It's World Kindness Day, which I did not know. Maybe that makes me a jerk. I don't know. World Kindness Day. Here comes... The Carolina Hurricanes, they tweet something nice about every single team in the NHL. The Sabres, for instance, was, congrats on the 50th season. Those those jerseys are fire. Now, they said something nice about everybody, including Seattle, who's not even in the league yet, except for the Capitals for some reason, which I still don't get. Like, are they that big a rival? Is the Capitals the Hurricanes' biggest rival? I don't know. But they did that, and I thought that was cool. And, you know, the Hurricanes have kind of done some cool stuff for a while now. The bunch of jerks, how they embraced that when Don Cherry uh, said what he had to say about them at the beginning of last season. Or was that even the year? No, it was the beginning of last season. The celebrations after wins, that's cool. The fan chants and like the all of that, that was cool. Their, their games had a very European feel to them. Like They were just fun. And that's not always the case in games around the league, and we see that with the Sabres right now uh, a little bit. That building can be a library at times. 
And then they're wearing white at home. That's cool. They're building their team through analytics, and they're good. And there's a reason they're good, because they're doing it that way. Everything they're doing makes me want to like them. But I can't. I can't ever get there because of 2006. Flat out. That is a barrier that I will never get over. They, in fact, if they their, if their set goal was to get me personally, Joe DiBiase, to be a fan of them, they would have done everything right. Every single thing. But I can't get over it. And I never will. Because that was our Stanley Cup. And this comes up because I tweeted about that today, and the Hurricanes actually tweeted at me, just become a fan. It's okay. Never. There is no way ever that is going to happen. Like, ugh. Stubborn, call me stubborn or whatever, but that was the Saber season. And that will ugh, never get over it. Never get over it. All right. We got through a lot there. 20 or so minutes, and um, that's going to be it for me. But I will be back with you on Friday for a full nightcap. Of course, you have Sabres and Hurricanes tomorrow night. And uh, so until then, I'll talk to you on Friday. And uh, come, stay tuned because coming up next, college basketball. You've got Niagara on the way. Pat Malacara will take over for me after the break here on WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.